Happy Sunday! We've got three stories from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn how 18 months of marriage changes you, why having been in someone else's shoes actually makes you less empathetic, and why we're discovering a new dinosaur species every week. Plus, Ashley will close out the episode with a question from an awesome listener like you. Yeah, this week's question comes from Dylan, who writes, quote, I'm curious why we evolved with different blood types, end quote. Stay tuned for the answer at the end of this episode. But now, let's satisfy some curiosity. What's your favorite dinosaur? I, we already got a correction on how to say Quetzalcoatlus. <laughs> but that's my favorite one right now. It changes all the time. Quetzalcoatlus. Quetzalcoatlus. I think? Question mark? Please don't correct us again if we got it wrong. We're, We're doing our best. so American. Mine is like Triceratops. Yeah. I always thought it was cool. Uh, what's the one with the long neck? Brontosaurus. Brontosaurus. Yeah. Brachiosaurus. That's another one. Yeah. See, I'm like the the OG dinosaurs. Yeah, you right. know, Stegosaurus, Triceratops, Velociraptor. I did a report on Dimetrodon in third grade, so that one's really close to my heart. Yeah, that one too advanced for me. It has a fan on its back. It looks like an alligator with a big fan on oh, its back. Oh, is that the really creepy one that was in Jurassic Park? Uh, I don't know. There were so many Jurassic Parks. <laughs> <laughs> it was the one that freaked out the um oh, who was the security guard guy? Oh no, not the fan around the neck, the fan on the back. It's like a like a sailboat. All right. Like a sail. Dinosaurs are weird. They are. <laughs> well anyway, today you're gonna learn why we're discovering a new species of dinosaur every week. Because that's pretty fast. If you look at the decade from 1984 to 1994, scientists were only naming about 15 new dinosaurs a year. But now we're in what some people are calling the golden age of dinosaur discovery. And it's here for two main reasons. First, we're looking in more places. New national policies are letting paleontologists explore places like China, Mongolia, and Argentina for the first time. And it turns out they're all full of never-before-seen dinosaurs. And the second main reason? Literally Jurassic Park. Like, seriously. Remember how I said the slow pace of dinosaur discovery ended in 1994? Well, that's the year after the movie Jurassic Park came out. Thanks to Steven Spielberg, a whole generation of kids grew up loving dinosaurs. And that's not the first time Hollywood has had a big real-world impact. About a decade earlier, when the movie Top Gun came out in 1986, the U.S. Navy said that recruitment of young men wanting to become naval aviators went up 500% after the film was released. Yeah, and it turns out X-Files led to a lot of women pursuing STEM careers. And actually, the movie Contact, too, with Jodie Foster, that did the same thing. Wow, yeah. there you go. So, don't underestimate the silver screen. Cody, you know the saying, if you want to understand someone, walk a mile in their shoes. Mm -hmm. Well, that might not actually be the greatest advice. Is it a lie? It might be a lie. Does science say it's a lie? Harvard researchers say it's a lie. So kind of, yeah. Yeah. Wow. They say it's actually harder to empathize with people if you've been in their shoes, you know, metaphorically. Maybe if you've been in their shoes, literally, it's easier. I don't know. <laughs> In a recent study, researchers had participants read stories about people going through struggles that they either had or had not experienced. In the first experiment, subjects read about a man who had signed up for a polar plunge like we have in Chicago. It's it's an event that challenges people to jump in an icy lake in the dead of winter. Yeah, never doing that. Oh, me either. I will run a gazillion marathons before I will jump in an icy lake. <laughs> Participants who were signed up but hadn't done a polar plunge themselves were much more empathetic toward the man in the story than those who had already completed the plunge. The same was true in a story about an unemployed man who started selling drugs and a story about a bullied teenager. 
In both cases, those who had been unemployed or bullied were a lot less compassionate toward the subject of the story than those who hadn't. So why is this? According to researchers, this happens for two reasons. First, it's hard to remember how bad a past experience was. We know it was hard, but we underestimate how hard it was. And second, people who have overcome a challenge think that anyone can overcome it. So if you're looking for empathy, you're better off looking for someone who has not walked in your shoes. And when you lend an ear to someone in need, try to remember that the challenges you faced were probably a lot harder than you give yourself credit for. All right, Ashley, how long do you think it takes for a marriage to change you? Oh, boy, that's a loaded question. How long do you think, Cody? You're the married one. <laughs> well, I've been married eight months, so you tell me how much have I changed. I don't think you've changed much at all. There we go. Yeah. Well, a new study has found how 18 months of heterosexual marriage changes you. Well, so you still have 10 months to go. Exactly. So I'm not an expert on this personally, but a team of researchers studied the personalities of 169 heterosexual newlywed couples for a little over a year. The newlyweds gave data about their big five personality traits, which we talked about on this podcast on Monday. I'll give you a refresher later if you missed it. And according to the study published just this month, there were changes in the couple's big five personality traits, and they were good and bad and even a little surprising. And the results were similar across the board. This is crazy. The stats didn't really differ by age, demographics, parenthood status, or even how long the couple had been together or lived together before getting married. So anyway, here's how people changed based on the big five personality traits, which if you need a refresher, go by the acronym OCEAN. Openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. On the good side, husbands became more conscientious, meaning more dependable and plan-oriented, and wives became less neurotic, as in less anxious, depressed, and angry. On the not-so-good side, husbands became less extroverted, and both husbands and wives became less agreeable, meaning less compassionate and less likely to cooperate. So if you're about to tie the knot, make sure you're ready for some big other changes in your life. Again, I'm pretty close to a year away from the 18-month mark, so you'll have to check back with me in April, and I'll let you know how things are going. Please do. By then, I will not be willing to agree to anything. <laughs> so you'll need to play this recording back to me so that I know that I said I would do it next April. Because right. if you ask me, I'm just not going to agree yeah. a year from now. Yeah, be very disagreeable. No way, totally. <laughs> <laughs> and now the moment we've all been waiting for the answer to our listener question. Dylan wanted to know why we evolved with different blood types. So to answer that question, I'm first going to back up and explain what blood types even are. And to do that, I'm going to quote my colleague Joni Folletto, who wrote an awesome article on Curiosity last year all about RH null, the rarest blood type on Earth. Here's the delightful way she explained blood types. Quote, we're filled with red blood cells that carry oxygen through our bodies. Antigens cover these cells like sprinkles on a donut. The semblance of antigens in your red blood cells are like little name tags that tell your body, hi, I go here, to which your antibodies respond, nice, the rest of us won't attack you. Your white blood cells latch onto these antigens to act as a shield against infection, end quote. She goes on to explain that the two main antigens are A and B. You can have one, the other, both, or neither. If you have neither, then your blood group is O. In addition to those antigens, there's a protein called Rh factor, which can be present, which puts the positive at the end of your blood type, or absent, which puts a negative at the end. There are more than 600 other known antigens, so suffice it to say, blood types are super complicated. But why are there so many? Well, now that you know that they're there to fight infection, you may have a clue. Evolutionary selection helps certain groups evolve defenses against the most common types of disease. For example, people with AB blood are more resistant to cholera, 
and people with O blood are more resistant to malaria. If your area of the world once got a lot of bubonic plague, you're more likely to have a lot of people with B blood, as China, India, and parts of Russia do. There's also the fact that some viruses steal bits of antigen from previous hosts. So if you have the same blood type as your neighbor, you may be more likely to be infected by their virus, but a different blood type might protect you. Thanks for your question. If you have a question you're curious about, send it in to podcast at curiosity.com. We love to show our work, so I'll put links to Joni's article and all of the other articles that you researched for that answer mm -hmm. on the, in the show notes for the podcast. And if you don't know what show notes are or where to find them, just go to your podcast player, open it up. and uh, It's the description. It's the description that's in your podcast episode. Pretty much. So whether you're using Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, which just that's launched. That's a new thing, yeah. Or whatever else you listen on. I learned about that from your tweet. <laughs> you can also find links to Ashley and me on Twitter right. if you want to follow us in the show notes. Now, one final note. Thank you so much for reviewing us and rating us on Apple Podcasts and all the other podcast apps out there. We received a ton of new reviews on Apple Podcasts after we mentioned it last week. And special shout out to Nico Blue Energy, Columbia Sergio R, and Kafa for taking some time out of your busy day to actually write a little write-up on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. And hey, remember, we've also got an Amazon Alexa skill for flash briefings on the Amazon App Store. So go ahead and write us a review there, too, if we're part of your flash briefing every day. Anytime you rate us anywhere or review us anywhere, it's super helpful. And it's even more helpful when you just tell a friend about our show. It's not just an ego thing, I promise. The more people who are listening, the longer we'll be able to do this show. So tell your friends and thank you again. And of course, you can read about every other story we discussed today on Curiosity.com and on the Curiosity app for Android and iOS. Join us again tomorrow for the Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer. And I'm Cody Goff. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.